Thanks again to Pushing the Limits, and this week I have an interview for you with Tanya Cahill from Australia, who is an ultramarathon runner, um, but she wasn't always an ultramarathon runner, and she's got a very interesting story. But before we get on to her interview, I just wanted to ask you guys, um, please give us a rating and review on iTunes if you can, that would be fantastic for the show, um, and share it with your friends if you like the content that we're producing, that would be really, really appreciated, and if you think someone else might benefit from it. Um, and also, if you could follow me on Instagram, that'd be super cool, you can always DM me on there and check out what I'm up to, the Instagram handle is at Lisa Tarmati, and of course, if you've got any questions around running, around mindset, around motivation and mental toughness, uh, around health or fitness, please get in touch with me, lisa at lisatarmati.co.nz. Right, without further ado, over to the interview with Tanya. Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tarmody here at Pushing the Limits, and it's wonderful to have you back with us again. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show, and if you're a returning listener, it's wonderful to, to have your loyalty. And today we're going to be doing an interview with an ultra-marathon running crazy lady from Australia, Tanya Kale. <laughs> Tanya, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. No, you're welcome. Tanya is sitting in her car on the way home from work, so this is very uh, ad hoc and it's going to be a bit of a, a, a fireside chat. Now, Tanya, um, I've got you on the show because you've just achieved something absolutely massive. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what it was, and, and how you came about to do this mission that you did? It was um, the Human Hovel Track in Australia. Yep. And it's a 440-kilometre walking track. Yep. And it goes from Yass in New South Wales to um, Albury. Um, it goes through on roads, fire trails, um, bushland. A bit of everything. Yeah, everything. And so you did this as an expedition that you organised yourself? Yep, all by myself. All by yourself. <laughs> um, and you did this in how many days, Tanya? Um, eight days, 12 hours and 39 minutes. Wow. Eight <laughs> days, 12 hours, 39 minutes to the T. <laughs> so this is obviously, you know, for, for people listening, if you work that out, that's around about 50-something kilometres a day. Yeah, some less, some more. Some a little bit less, some a little bit more, but around about, say, 50 k's a day over very tough terrain. Yeah, some of it was. Yeah. And, well, I know, I know what sort of outback Australia can be like and how difficult it can be. What led you to want to do this mission in the first place? Why would you put yourself through something? This is a question that I often get asked. Why the hell would you undertake something of this nature? Yeah. And what's the whole, what got you motivated? What got you into running in the first place? Well, I started running after um, I'd been a smoker and um, I was overweight, I had high blood pressure and my doctor said, you've got to start doing something about this or you'll never have, never see any grandchildren. And, um, and plus I had to have a hysterectomy, so I had to get healthy. Yep. Um, after the hysterectomy, I lost um, about 17 kilos just by walking and, and got bored with walking, started running <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just sort of steamrolled from there. 
So how and, old were you when you made this lifestyle change? You had this big sort of shift in your mentality. I mean, did this happen from one day off the other? You know, like you suddenly got this news, you have to have a hysterectomy, you're unhealthy, you know, you're not going to see the grandkids if you don't pull your socks up. Was that a, a sudden change then for you? Or how did that sort of, you know, how did that mind shift? Because this is what really interests people, I think, is, what the heck, you know, like shifts in your mind from one day not being able to, to make change and stop smoking and doing all those things that you know you should be doing. And then all of a sudden, bang, you're able to. Oh, I don't know. I think I've got a bit of an addictive personality. But like, you know, once you take up one thing, you just stick to it and try and get as good at it as what you can. But, um, yeah, I just think it just, one thing led to another and I just wanted to do it more and more and um, marathons weren't enough. So I had to do an ultra marathon, see if I could just push it that little bit further. And um, yeah. And then the big red run, that was just, that was an amazing experience. That's and then I just, I just wanted to do something big myself, something epic that um, I didn't have to pay a lot of money for too. <laughs> and yeah, it yeah. wasn't so far from home and, yeah, and because I'd done the ultra event of the Human Hovel, I um I liked the area and just started looking into that and thought, oh, that could be good. Yeah, <laughs> That'll be, be a real challenge. Be, it could be a challenge. But how do you go, like, I really want to dig into what made the change in your mind that you wanted to start getting healthy? Like, how did you, you know, was it a bit of a shocker? Or when, you, when the doctor said, you're like, you've got to have this hysterectomy, you're not healthy. Um, was that a shock to you at the time and you thought... Oh, definitely. Yeah. So walk me through that little bit of a process. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was that bad. What's that? I didn't think I was that bad until he said that. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he was... Um, you know, you, you buy bigger clothes and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and adjust your lifestyle too. Yeah, he, he presented you with the reality. This is reality. Yeah. Yeah. And that caused you to go... And oh. now he thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> and in a good way, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did he actually... So when you, um, when you got this news and you wanted to make a change in your life, did that happen from one day off the, off the other? You just stopped smoking and stopped eating badly? I, I basically stopped smoking straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Stopped smoking straight away, and, and once I got the all clear to exercise, start exercising after the hysterectomy, I just started walking, and yeah, then I started running. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I could do a 5k and if I could run the whole 5k, and you know, just yeah, progress from there. What age were you, Tanya? May I ask? Um, I think I was well, I'm 49 now, so I would have been 42. 42. 42 when I had the operation. Yeah, so we're talking yeah. over a period of seven years, you've built yourself up to be able to do epic, long ultramarathons. Yeah. And were you, before before all this happened, like were you in your young years a an athlete or a, you know into fitness or have any particular talent for running at all? I always I was always active and I liked things like touch football and. And I was a bit of a gym junkie in my 30s. And, yeah, so I, I've always liked exercise, I suppose. 
yeah, but you just yeah. sort of let things go over a period of time and yeah, yeah, okay, so yeah, the state of life just a little bit yeah and and when you started like did this i mean was it ever in your head that you could possibly do something this big and this epic oh no way <laughs> i didn't ever think that i'd be able to run a half marathon and then when i did that i thought well maybe i could run a marathon and and then when i did that i thought i can do anything and then <laughs> after this i sort of um it's like Oh, what now? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm invincible. I'm bulletproof. <laughs> so yeah. how have you... Oh, not, not exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to watch that too because you do, you know, speaking from experience, you do things for a while, like I can do anything and then tend to do one thing yeah. after the other, do too much and then end up burning out and having injuries and having yeah. some nasty stuff happen. Um, but let's let's go into this little mission that you've just done little i mean big mission that you've just done what was it really like i mean when you started planning for this um you were doing it going to do it with a girlfriend weren't you yeah yeah and then um well it was initially my idea but she said oh i'll come and do it with you but she's got two small boys and the reality of tra um, training for that sort of thing with two little boys is it's you know and a family is hard so yeah, so, um, but she's been, Maria's been amazing. I chew her ear off all the time and she listens and... <laughs> yeah, and she must be yeah. extremely proud of what you've managed to actually go and do. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Well, talk me through the actual run. Like, what was it? How, you know, I remember you writing a Facebook post that you'd listened to one of my podcasts on planning a major ex expedition. And was that? Oh yeah, we'd been. It was really helpful because we'd been on a couple of recce runs to check out the course and everything. And uh, my husband, I don't think he really understood what he had to do, <laughs> what was going to be expected. Yeah. So he'd been to a few events with me, and he was a um, volley at, at the big red run, so he knew a little bit about what happened to runners and and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Emotions and that sort of thing and your physical needs but um being the only one like he was my sole provider basically so he um i was worried that he didn't really understand and when i heard your podcast i said i kept saying you have to listen to this <laughs> <laughs> and he come home and he said i'll listen to it <laughs> and, and how so, yeah i think it was yeah. really was it helpful for him to understand what, you know, what the hell is required of the crew yeah. doing something this big? Or the, the bit about, you know, that I was basically, I basically needed him to take care of all my needs like a child. Yes. You know. Basically, you're an invalid. That was you? the bit I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I found too, is that you basically have to be able to concentrate solely on this massive task that you have which is running the 50 yeah. hours a day and, and everything else needs to be taken care of. And so that the crew can be absolutely exhausted, just like the runner um, in a different way. Yeah. Um, and he was your sole crew member. And a lot of cases I had, a, you know, a, a number of people and then you'd have, you know, personality clashes and problems coming up. And, yeah. 
all sorts of stuff, but he was your basically had to do everything for you. So, so how did he measure up, Tanya? Was he good? <laughs> oh, by the end of it, he got the tailwind mixture just right. <laughs> <laughs> good old tailwind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And his cooking good. skills improved immensely. <laughs> <laughs> You were on a trail, so was he able to follow you in a car or meet you at certain points along the way, or how did that work? Um, the logistics were pretty hard because um, some of it, like being really dense bushland, you couldn't get vehicle access. Yeah. And we weren't really sure about, um, only in the parts that we'd been on, the two recce runs that we'd done, where he could actually go. So the rest of it, there were parts where we thought we could meet up and we couldn't. Wow. But, um, yeah, that, that was probably scary for me in that I was worried about not having the right gear and the right amount of food and, you know, water and stuff to last yeah. until I saw him again. Yeah. yeah. So in the outback of Australia, you know, like things can go wrong. There's lots of wild animals and snakes and run well, out Well, I tried water. not to think about the wild animals. <laughs> In some sections, there were wild dogs and pigs and and I sort of, I don't know how I blocked that out of my mind, but it was after I, I thought, in, in one place we camped, I thought, there's wild dogs here, <laughs> but yeah. they've been there all the time. I just didn't think about them before. Yeah, yeah, you just blocked it out of your head and just don't think, just do is sometimes a really good policy when you're otherwise going to ski and and so you would have had to carry a fairly big backpack on on certain sections at least of this undertaking because you, if you're only meeting your your crew on certain points you have to have a contingency with you did you have to have a well pack? and no it wasn't it wasn't really that bad i just mainly took enough water and food I sort of had a good idea of how long it'd take for certain sections but um there was I think on the third day when it had been wet in the morning yep. and I wasn't sure whether it was going to rain again I didn't want to get caught getting soaked for hours and no. I had um, wet weather pants and a jacket and it was fairly full <laughs> yeah. that day but it wasn't overly heavy wasn't too yeah. too, too much to and and after because you've already done the big red run. So, you, I mean, that's a self-sufficiency race for you. For, for those who are listening and don't know what that is, that's a multi-day stage race in the Simpson Desert in Australia, a really, really tough one. Actually, I failed at that one, Tanya, when I did it. I had major back and kidney. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I had major dramas at that one. Wasn't one of my finest moments. <laughs> um, and it's We a, had the wettest year ever. Oh, did you? Oh, Horrible. Yeah. It'll be done. Apparently the outback hasn't been that way for a hundred years. Holy heck. And that <laughs> but it was a mud bath. What it was it just a mud bath then? Oh or? it was. Yeah. Yeah, because it was um that that day it was on a clay pan the whole time. So you're walking around with like four or five inches of clay on the oh. bottom of your shoes. Oh my gosh. And saturated. Yeah. <laughs> just awful. <laughs> yeah. It was. I cried at the end of it. <laughs> I cried through it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I can relate to that. I cried for a fair bit of that one as well. <laughs> I was having major back <laughs> at that stage, and oh, wasn't wasn't my finest hour that one. And I know that's a really tough race. So that's a self sufficiency race. So if you 
you'd survive that. But this one was 400 and, what was it, 440 something kilometers? Um, kilometers, yeah. That's a bloody long way. That's a bloody long way, isn't it? It is, isn't it? <laughs> it is. How did, how did you do it? But I, I tried not to Sorry, carry on. I tried not to think about how the, the total amount and just do what I could every day. Yep. And, and work on that. Yep. And how did you cope with it day after day fatigue, a build-up of fatigue, you know, like and you wouldn't have been sleeping that well and you're camping and so on. How, yeah, did, no. you, how did you cope with the, you know, by day four, five, six, seven, eight, how, you, how did you, you know, how did, how did your performance go over that time? Did you get better or, or worse or what sort of problems did you run into? Um, I don't. Some days I was just really, really tired because I don't sleep well at the best of times and yeah. being away from home just adds to that. And yeah. then after like 10-hour days on your feet, um, trudging through bush and <laughs> on the roads and whatever yeah. for 50-odd K, um, my body actually felt better towards the end of it, apart from blisters and that sort of thing, a couple yeah. of blisters. But it, multiple-wise, I think it felt better than it did the first day. Isn't you know, during the, the last day, I was actually a lot and, yeah, it was just incredible. Isn't that bizarre? I found, yeah. I found find that uh, quite often too. Like day one is, is often the worst of all the days um, and the longer yeah. it goes on, you seem to get tighter and tighter and then you reach the point where it starts to go back up, where your body starts to go, oh, yeah. I got this, I got this now. We're, okay, we're in, we're in deep. We've got to get our shit together, so to speak. That <laughs> seems to pull up out yeah. and go actually stronger for for a while, at least. Um, and that yeah. day can be. And often on day one, you've been travelling for a long way. You have you've been tapering for a while, and you you're feeling unfit and a bit, you know, um, you've carbo loaded perhaps and eaten a bit much, and you're feeling like. Bleh. <laughs> but you know you have to be yeah. stocked up, and then you and then you go on your first day, and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is this is yeah. way harder than you you thought it was. And then if you can get through that, often you come start to come right again, eh? Yeah, I think your your body just accepts what your mind's telling it it's got to do, and it just does it. <laughs> just, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's about the mind sort of tries to stop you to a point and then when it when yeah. realises that you're going to be head through the wall, you're going to go for it anyway, that's when it decides, oh, crap, yeah. I'll get my stuff together and get on with it because she's not going to stop, you know. And, and that's yeah. an amazing thing. Our bodies are very much and our minds are, are always searching for the easy way out <laughs> and trying to, get, you know, trying to stop us. And when we don't yeah. stop, that's when the body goes, right, okay, I've got to get my stuff together. And and then you can actually perform way more than what you ever thought possible. And, of course, most people stop in that first period, you know, whether it's even their yeah. first run. You know, you go for your, your everyday run, and it's usually the first 20 minutes that are the most yucky, you know. They're the hardest 20 minutes yeah. of the whole run. If you can get through the 20 minutes... And you're warmed up, by then you start to go, oh, I got this now. And you can go for a, a bit yeah. longer and actually get your second wind. 
Um, and it's the same on long, long distance sort of um, running events like this. Now, was this, is this a one-off for you, Tanya, or are you like now going, oh, crikey, what else can I do? Oh, no, I want to do it again. <laughs> what, the same one? And, uh, <laughs> or another one? I'd like to do the same one again. Yeah, I'd like to find another one, but I just don't know what that might be yet. Yeah, so you've got to go and find something other. Yeah, because, I mean, don't do the same one for crying out loud. That would be, be like, <laughs> discover something new or something. <laughs> um, how did you pull up after the event? So, sorry about that, people. We had a slight technical hitch, but we're back online now. Um, Tanya, we were talking about what's, what's next, and you were saying to me when the recording stopped that um, you're feeling a little bit lost and you're not quite sure where to from here. Did you feel a bit of depression afterwards or a bit of a like, oh, where am I, who am I, what am I doing? Sort of oh, definitely. Just, In the yeah. last couple of weeks particularly, yep. it's um, it's like... Um, you feel like you can you can do anything, and that's probably a problem because you don't know what to do next. And, and you come off this big, massive. You know, you've been planning for over a year. You've been training for years. You've finally got this big dream, and then you go to this event and you do it, and you you stoked with yourself. But then it's like, but 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 now I've got nothing. I've lost yeah. my project. I'm. I'm feeling a little bit lost. And you, you, it also takes quite a while to digest what you actually experienced. And what a, what a lot of runners do in this stage is like, oh, I've got to plan the very next one immediately. I've got to start. And they don't actually integrate what they've done and really digest it and, and deal with it and um, go through it emotionally like what what you know because you go through a lot of trauma and something like this there's a lot of pain involved there's a lot of suffering there's a lot of time that you've invested there's a whole lot of effort there's a lot of learnings to go through and I really think it's important that that athletes then take a little bit of time to readjust you know it's okay to start looking on the internet and searching for the next hit if you like the next big race or the next big event that you want to do but it's also giving your body and your mind time to to come to terms with what you've actually experienced because yeah it, it's a little bit i liken it a little bit to soldiers going to war you've been in a very foreign and different environment that's totally separate from the rest of society for for a short period of time um or for soldiers it can be a long period and then they come back and they're they're in this they're in the normal world again and it's sort of surreal i i yeah. often found like you know you come back to your house and your bed and your shower and your comfortable life and then you 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 suddenly feel like oh it doesn't fit and i and i don't know who I am and what I am anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just felt like I, where do I fit in anymore? Like, yeah. I feel so different and, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. all those things. And then that's very, in one way, that's so empowering because you realise, shoot, I can do anything I set my mind to. Yeah. If I'm determined enough, I'll get there. If I really want it enough, I'll get there. But at the same time, you're sort of in this limbo and lost state. And I often say to athletes that are coming off the back of, say, a multi-day stage race or something like this, 
is don't get divorced, don't take drugs, <laughs> don't, don't go and get pregnant, don't do anything life-changing in that, that <laughs> month afterwards. That you can't undo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because people are in an altered state of consciousness for a while and they, 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 they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable to a number of things, you know, like if, if they're unhappy at home or they're unhappy in their job, they're liable to chuck it because you, you're in this state of flux. So it's really good just to take some time out and understand that this is a process that will happen to you and this is very, very normal. Everybody that, that, I, that I've talked to, that, you know, all my friends that have done epic big things have come back and have, most of them have experienced this to some degree. Um, and you've got to just sit with it for a while and slowly get, give, your to, give your body time to get back into action because often you're sort of feeling exhausted but elated and you're sort of in this, well, I've got to go hard straight away. And that's the worst thing you can do. You actually need, your body actually needs a few months to recover. Our bodies don't recover that quickly from a 440k event. They don't. Yeah. Because you know, like it's it's it can be hard to separate the feeling of being tired when you feel, when you're on such a high, exactly. and all you want to do is talk about it to people, and some people just don't have any idea, so they don't want to talk to you about it. They oh, don't no. want to hear about it. No, that's right. <laughs> and, and this is once again, you liken it to you know people that have been in war zones or, or come out of a dangerous situation or been on expeditions in the mountains, and they come home and they're just on fire. I remember coming back from the Libyan desert when I was like young, and I did this expedition across the Libyan desert, and I came home to my family in New Zealand, and I hadn't seen them for two years, and I was just like wanted to show them my slideshow of this epic, you know, 250k expedition that I'd done across without any support and, you know, yep. great backpacks and dehydration to the max. And, and I was just so proud of myself and so, like, enthusiastic to share that. And they just all looked at me like, eh, I don't get it. Why the hell do that? And, like, and, and, and not even interested in it, you know, like, to the point where I was really hurt. I was really... Yep that nobody understood what the hell I'd been through and I felt totally isolated and and separate from my friends and family if you know what I mean that, yeah that's exactly what I've been feeling yeah uh, <laughs> so this is a, this is a good stupid understanding that I, I get that and and there are other runners who will listen to you and will get what you've done and what most people will have no idea what it actually means to do something this big and this epic and this difficult. And so they can't even appreciate what you've been through and they yes. can't even, you know, you don't get the, even the respect, if you like, that you deserve. <laughs> it's, it's like, don't you, don't you get what I just freaking did? This is, <laughs> this is epic. This is the hugest thing in my life and people are just like, oh, that's nice, dear. Would you like another cup of coffee? You know? Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, you don't want to be out there like you're tooting your own horn, like you're yeah. saying, well, look at me, look at me. But, yeah. <laughs> but you should, in a way. Like, like, you know, and that's why finding a few mates of like-minded of like people, you know, who, who are into this scene, who do get what you've been through, and this is why I wanted to have you on too, you know, is because I do respect what you've done and I think it's epic and I think it's amazing 
and I know Thank what you. it takes. So <laughs> feel, feel, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, forgot justified in your feelings like that and just understand that just some people are just not going to get it and that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You just got you with, with time you come to understand like with my family, I don't even tell them if I do something massive anymore because they just don't get it. Well, I, that's why I didn't tell anybody much about this one yeah. before because I thought it, it was just something I wanted to do and I, I really didn't think some people would appreciate what was involved anyway. No, no they won't. And, and, and I just knew my mum would be like, oh, why are you doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was proud when, when I seen her when I come home. She said, oh, you did good, I'm proud. Oh, that, yeah, that's nice. And, and you've got yeah. to take that and, and, and put it in the framework of that's the level of their understanding. They don't know what they yeah. don't know. And you have to sort of accept that um, and try not to be offended and hurt by people's reactions because... And another thing that it did teach me was I, I learned to tell stories really well because yeah. I understood that I wasn't getting this across what I'd actually been through and, and I needed to, to have more skills as a storyteller to try and get that across, you know? Yeah. Um, and over the years, I think I've developed, um, not, well, not great, but I, I have, you know, an ability to be able to share the emotions of what I've been through and actually put people in the picture. Because when you, you tell sure them the stats, the stats don't tell, it's like when you buy a product, you don't buy it because it's got this feature and that benefit. And you buy it because you emotionally buy into what it can do for you, you know, and, or how it's going to change your life or how it's going to. So you have to connect on that emotional level with them and put, put people into the um, something relative to what they can understand, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's not always easy. How did it affect um, your, with your husband? Because he had been there and seen and done and felt and, saw, you know, saw you suffer, saw you go through all this. How did it? affect your relationship if I can be so bold to ask a question like that <laughs> um, That's, definitely it, makes it stronger it, it, it does doesn't it yeah there's more of a level of understanding of why you want to do what you do yeah yeah and he gets like he and he appreciates what you, you put yourself through and you probably really appreciate what he did for you too because oh know. I definitely I, yeah. I couldn't have imagined doing it with anyone else now so yeah, I, I did have a friend that I'd randomly met on Facebook come out and and run with me, or two actually, one on the first day and one at the end. She yeah. rode her bike and she hadn't really been doing that much and I'm, I'm sure she was hurting in parts, but I really appreciate that too. Yeah, and you do. You connect. Um, this is the other cool thing. You do connect with amazing different people who, you know, who, who like I, I think about some of the people that crewed for me over the years and, even when you've drifted apart and life's got in the way or whatever, you totally respect what they did and the yeah. connection that you had and you get to know people on a much deeper level. Yeah. Um, and, and often in, in these extreme situations, um, you know, you either end up hating the people that you're with or you end up being totally good mates, you know, like lifelong yeah. friends, you know. I've got a friend, Megan Stewart, who's crewed for me on, you know, a, a number of races and then we did some races together and and uh, we, we just have a we, – we might not see each other for six months, 
But as soon as we see each other, there's this bond there, there's this connection, there's this total respect, and there's there's a level of shit. We did that together, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, that's special. I have a friend that's a. Uh, my therapist and she's not actually working in that field anymore but she's been giving me massages for the last couple of years and she actually brought her kids out to one of the track heads and gave me a massage and everything and it was really cool oh, so, but but she's listened to all my crap as well for the last two years so. <laughs> she gets, yeah she gets yeah <laughs> but yeah but but having her be able to join in like that too made it special she wanted to do more but you know. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you appreciate when people just do the little things. And I think, you know, when you go through something like this, a lot of people, like your mum, would ask, why the hell would you want to do that? That's a question that I, I, I constantly got asked, and I, and I didn't always have an answer because I didn't quite know where my motivation was coming from or the drive. Um, now, looking back, when I think of my early days, I definitely wanted to prove something to people. I, I definitely had this desire... I'd grown up in a family where toughness, physical toughness was valued. And so I had this need to be physically tough um, or to, to appear to be physically tough, you know, or try to be. Um, and then later on, it became more of a, I can use my talents for good. I can use my talents for, you know, charities or whatever and, and yeah. inspiring and people and coaching people. And there are other um, benefits that come out of it. But to me, people who push the limits like this are the pioneers of our generation. Like, in, you know, in, in the past centuries gone by, they were the people that hopped on the ship that went to, you know, wherever and started a new life and, and took the massive risks and, and climbed those first mountains. And, you know, they're the people that, that shaped and... and formed humanity and, and, and showed the way for those who, fought, who, fought, who came after. Yeah. And I think there's an innate need in our society now too because our world is so um, comfortable and, and superficial um, that we have a, a real need to want to wanna push ourselves in, na in nature and find yeah. out who we are because that's what our ancestors had to do. That's genetically programmed in some of us still i think yeah so it makes total sense to me what you did and there will be benefits out of this tanya that you're still nowhere near aware of <laughs> when you when you look back at this you'll and whatever you do in the future this it'll build on this and it will change you as a person and and give you the confidence and the strength that that you know it goes beyond what most people um, have ever experienced and yeah like with I, my sorry um with my with my mum for example and the listeners know my story with my mum if I hadn't done all these extreme crazy difficult brutal things and experienced massive things then I would not have had the resilience and the persistence and the consistency to get through what I got through with mum yeah that's been remarkable yeah, it is, it is, and it's so, that's why I'm so passionate about this sort of thing. There is a value outside of the fact that you went from A to B, 440Ks, and everyone goes, what the hell would you do that for? Nobody yeah. paid for it. And what, what was the point? There was no stadiums full of people shouting your name. And yeah. they don't get the, the, the character stuff that you learn. They don't get 
the benefits that are going to benefit you for the rest of your life. Yeah. I did. um, I did think about the explorers a lot when I was out there thinking like, how did they just keep going on from day to day? And, Mm. and I think um, even at one point when I thought I'm so tired, I think I'll go home now. (laughs) <laughs> like Forrest Gump. Yep. Um, I, I said to Robert, please don't let me quit. Whatever happens, don't let me quit. But at the same time, I could never imagine stopping. Yeah. I could never imagine that. So, you know, yeah, you once you a, have that goal. You have a massive determination because, you know, the, nobody flies through these sort of things easily. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that that's, that's sort of how they got through as well thinking that, geez, I'm tired. I don't think I can make it, but I can't imagine stopping. Yeah. And I've got, I'll just take one more step. One more more step. And and you you get through the hard times and a hundred times in every single ultra that I've done, a hundred thousand times I've wanted to quit. Yeah. And I've been on the verge of it so many times. And and a few times I have quit. Um, Yeah. And sometimes I had a bloody good reason for it, and sometimes I didn't. <laughs> um, and I always tried to dissect afterwards what went wrong. And there are times when you should quit, you know. Like, there are times when you, like, if your health is on the line and stuff, and it's just, a, you know, it's just an event. You're not bloody defending your yeah. country. You're not defending your family or something. There is no need to screw your health for something. Um, yeah. And there are times when I did. I pushed beyond and and did damage my health and, and, and so on. And that really wasn't worth going to that point. But um, but for everything else, it was worth pushing through the pain and it was yeah. worth finding out what. And, and I think you appreciate those who went before you and all the people. Like I, I totally appreciate everybody that was in the war, you know, whatever war. Yeah. Um, I have this feeling like, man, they must have been through some. Yeah, I, I often thought about soldiers too because yeah. there's another thing about that Forrest Gump movie where um, the sergeant says to them, uh, Forrest and Bubba, always look after your feet. <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking, how did those soldiers like manage to walk around those boots in wet yeah. mud and, you know, and oh. they had they just had to keep going. So, you know, yeah. and people with disabilities, you think if they can do t- epic stuff like this i can do it with my you know poor biomechanics or my retarded body you know yeah 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 exactly i mean i'm exactly the same you know, no disrespect to um no. to anyone with physical or mental disabilities but it's a it's a fact some of us are, our bodies are retarded in that they won't do what we want to do yep. want them to do Mine's in the not. way that we want them to do it <laughs> <laughs> Mine certainly is and but that's why i really like we have in in running hot coaching my my, my running coaching um company we've actually got quite a few people who have disabilities are in wheelchairs or you know they've had accidents yeah and and this is a running club but yeah i love those people because they're the, the ones that show the rest of us where we how to go you know and, yeah. and how to take the next step and they're how to do the impossible yeah they're performing to the best of their abilities and that to me is always inspiring to me when i feel like moaning that i'm not the fastest under the sun and i'm not this and i'm not that um you know about getting over yourself and just doing it anyway and not letting the fact that you're not the most talented person out yeah. there stop you actually achieving great things and and that's what yeah. hub's about really is is average people doing Cool. And the comparison thing re- can really 
set you back as well if you start comparing yourself to other people of how they do things better or Absolutely. how they're faster or yeah. yeah yeah and there's always someone there's always going to be someone better faster stronger yeah. um and that's something that i've learned too in the, in the later years of my my career was to be able to actually take on board when someone said oh my god that was amazing what you did and you're you're epic actually to take that on board instead of going oh but so-and-so did it faster better stronger uh, and, and that person over there has done 10 of them and that person over there's gone twice as far and you know like there was always instead of going hell yeah i am well cool. you know it at first up like nearly straight after there'd be people say oh you did it and you did it in under the nine days that you planned and yeah and i said yeah but it um there's other people that probably do it can do it faster you know it yeah. could be easily broken yeah yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then and now i'm saying when someone says oh that's great that's a that's a fantastic thing you've done i say thank you <laughs> thank you and take it and take that into your psyche and take that and take that win for you you know like I, I remember one guy in my crew um, saying to me after I'd just done a 222k race over the two highest passes in the Himalayas, and it was massive and it cost me so much and, and you know, it nearly killed me. And, and he said, man, that was just absolutely amazing. You're incredible. And I just went, oh, so-and-so did it faster. And that, and that race over there is longer and harder and higher. And, and he just, oh, I cried out loud. You know, <laughs> can't you just accept a compliment? Can't you just take the win and integrate it into your psyche before you go and put yourself down and qualify it? Yeah. And that really hit home. And I've since then gone, yeah, because we're all taught we're not, we shouldn't be arrogant. We shouldn't be, but this is not about arrogance. This is about actually giving yourself, uh, congratulating yourself on, on what you did achieve so that you're empowered to achieve more. Yeah. And you have more energy to go forward and fight more if you if you can actually take that on board. Hey Tanya, is there anything that you would like to share with people that are sitting out there that are perhaps overweight, they're perhaps smokers, they're perhaps not the healthiest, and they want to turn their lives around? What do you want to say to them? Oh, there's more to life. There's so much more than smoking holds you back so much to start with and the worst kind of smoker is the ex-smoker <laughs> but, <laughs> but um yeah just leading a healthier life you don't have to be regimented or anything just you know change a little bit every day or you know get out and walk or run and you know challenge yourself and and just push your boundaries and set yourself little mini goals like you set yourself 5k yeah. for starters and now look where you've come within a seven year period you're running 400 yeah some people mightn't want to run a half no. marathon or even 10k but no. it, you know it might mean that if you could run 5k that you might feel more confident about yourself to do other things yeah yeah, yeah. And you might you might you know if you, you might be losing weight or just having a healthier lifestyle you know it doesn't it's not about running really what we're talking no about. And, and to just give yourself confidence, some people can't enter and I know a couple of people don't enter events unless they've got a friend to enter with and run with yeah. and to go and do that on your own is, is a big thing too Yep. for some people. Yeah, and now I do it all the time because a lot of my friends are <laughs> don't run. So. 
and you have to you have to enter them on your own and do it on your own and, and you're learning all of these you learn so many skills when you put yourself outside of your comfort zone that's exactly happens. you learn so much about who you are what you're capable of and what and you make those things that are outside your comfort zone the normal so yep. then you're always searching for something else to challenge you and so that means that your horizon lifts up every time you do something like this it's like oh i can see further i can achieve more i can become more and your world opens up to you instead yeah. of looking down i'm unable to do this i'm unable to do that hey look tanya you've been absolutely epic today i want to congratulate you i want you to take this win on board and i want you to understand that yes you will be feeling a little bit lost for the next month or two but the time will pass and there will be more epic adventures ahead of you. Um, but give your body, give your mind the time to digest what it has been through and this epic, great, crazy thing that you've achieved um, before you go and, you know, conquer the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tanya, yes. thank you so much for everything today. For everybody thank you, Lisa. Here, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been awesome having you having you on. And for all our listeners out there, if you would like to um, message me or you'd like to talk to Tanya or you want to be connected at all, you want to find out a little bit more about her or about what we do at Running Hot Coaching or about our, um, our philosophies and beliefs or our mindset stuff, then please reach out to me, lisa at lisatarmaty.co.nz. I'd be happy to help you. And I'm sure Tanya would too if there's anyone who wants to know a little bit more about what she achieved. All right, thanks guys for listening and we'll see you again soon. To let you know about my Path of the Athlete Mindset Academy. This is an online e-course that you can do all around mental toughness, emotional resilience, developing leadership skills and a never quit mentality. To find out more, go to lisatarmaty.co.nz and click under the Mindset button and I'll see you there.